Uh, it's a good afternoon to you. Great to have your company for Pet Chat right through until 1 o'clock today. We've got our vet, Dr. David Tabret, joining us right now. Good afternoon. How's your week been? Very good, thanks, Dave. Good to be here. What about a topic from you? What would you like to talk about today? Um, I, the last couple of times I was in, we were talking about coughing dogs, but there's one particular breed problem that uh, causes some airway concerns with dogs, so we wanted to touch on that. It's called collapsing tracheas. Okay, we'll talk about that. And mm. Denny Boz is with us. Hello, Denny. Hi. What have you got for us today? A special guest to talk to? Yeah, we go. We will be going. That's a bit better, isn't it, David? Yes. <laughs> we yes. will be going to talk to uh, Jim Delaney in regards to chooks. We haven't talked to him. We no, haven't not touched base with him yeah. for a while because there is a change of season happening, so things are happening in the chicken world. Also, I've got some products here to talk about and some events. Denny Boz here with me for Pet Chat and our special guest. We're talking about the chooks again today. We are. Thank you, Dave. Uh, welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, cockadoodle doo Dave. Hello. <laughs> How are you? You two seem to have a special relationship. Well, you there. had a conversation <laughs> off air, and I couldn't complete that uh, because we're on the air now. So thank you, Jim. You led me down yeah. that street there. Now, listen, I'm told that David's been eating a lot of chicken breast because he's on a special diet. Is that true? No, not really. Not at all. I'm staying away from no the chicken breast. Chicken breast, oh, no. Okay. No, no not high, high protein? Chicken necks, really. I'm oh, enjoying chicken the chicken necks, necks yes. yes. They're good to clean your teeth with. Uh, uh. <laughs> you can jump in any time you want, Danny, please. Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'll let it go on. I'm just uh, the anchor of the program. <laughs> no silent W in that either. Jim. Okay, next question, Danny. What, what, what I thought I'd get you on the show for is uh, we haven't spoken to you this year about chickens, and it's a change of season. Things are happening. I know with, uh, with my chooks, they're not laying as many eggs as what they were a couple of months back. So what's happening? Look, Danny, it's an important time in the chook yard. Yep. What's actually happening is it's time now for the for the uh, all the chickens to renew all their reserves. So they're going to drop their, their feathers and get nice new feathers before the really cold weather comes in. So people are starting to come in now and say, what's wrong with my chooks? I can see there's feathers everywhere. They're about to get a whole new coat because winter's coming. Okay. Um, the other thing, the reason that the egg production is starting to drop off a little bit is that as you can imagine, if you're laying an egg a day, you're creating a shell around the egg, you're creating the album, which is the white stuff of the egg, and you're creating a yolk. Yes. Um, now, all of those ingredients come from stores in, in, in the chicken's body. So during the off-season, which is starting around about now, the chooks begin to build up their stores for the next egg-laying season. And what people don't understand is that they need the best possible nutrition that you can give them now. So I always tell people, if you've been using something like backyard layer or just throwing a bit of wheat, increase the protein because the, the, the chickens now need as much um, building materials as they can get into their body. Um, they need yellow colouring to make the yolks for the next laying season and they store that all through their body tissue. They store it in their in their bone marrow, they store it in their beaks. You'll notice that their beaks will become much more orange and or, or um, brown during the, the winter layoff. Yes. And that's because they're storing all the colouring for the yolk. So now's the time to build them up. Don't cut back on their food. Increase it and use Super Supreme um, chicken feeds. And a lot of people say, well, why would I do that when they're not laying eggs? And it's because you'll get more eggs and better quality eggs next laying season if you give them better food when they're not laying eggs. Okay, so it's time for them to rejuvenate. It is time to rejuvenate. It's a good time to check for mites. It's a good time to worm. Yep. Uh, and make sure that we've got their body free of all sorts of parasites. 
so that they can start laying down the building blocks for the next laying season. Is there something you can do if you do want them to continue laying a bit longer, something with lights, extending the light hours or something uh, along those lines? Yeah, look, commercially that is what's done so that we can get eggs right through the winter. There's a couple of breeds. The barn builder is a great Dutch chook that was developed to breed, uh, to, to lay eggs for a long time during the winter period. But if you want to increase your egg production, as long as you're feeding your chickens really well, you can just put a low wattage light and hang it where they roost at night and leave it on, say, for, leave it on until about eight o'clock at night which emulates the sun being up till 7 o'clock, and that's what actually triggers them. But you've got to keep in mind, if your chooks are older, that's going to stress them a little bit because this is the time that they would rejuvenate. Hmm. If they're young chickens, and this is what happens commercially, no young chick, there are no old chickens in a commercial egg-laying facility. Right. They're all young. So it's okay to do young birds, but if you've got a purebred um, chicken... And we've talked before, you know, purebred versus the eyes of brown. I'm not a big fan of the eyes of brown because they'll lay a lot of eggs for you in the first year. But after the first year, they all get turned into dog food. They come out of all the commercial places by 12 to 18 months and they go off to the dog food making factories. Okay. Uh, they're not designed to lay a long time. And that's why I always recommend the black astralorps, the Rhode Island Reds and the white Sussex because they'll give you a good five years of egg production. And by the way, if you're interested in having a few backyard chickens and you want to start out with little ones with your, with your children, Easter's coming up, great time to have little chickens in the school holidays. And it's also the best time of the year to get them because they'll be ready to lay at the beginning of spring. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So if you're going to buy chickens, you want them uh, for the yard, now's the time to do it. Now's a great time to do it. It's not too cold because if you get day-old chickens, as the weather gets really cold, you've got to make sure you keep them warm. You've got to bring them in at night. At the moment, the weather is still reasonably mild. It's a great time to get them because they lay at 20 weeks, and if you calculate 20 weeks from now, it's right at the beginning of spring. And is there a, time to get your chickens? And is there a special food to feed uh, baby chickens? Yes, look, it's really important. Don't think that you can just feed little baby chickens just like all little babies, whether they're dogs, cats, human beings, whatever animals. Their immune systems are a little bit getting used to things while they're small. So it's very important. Chickens are very susceptible to a disease called coccidiosis, which is a little parasite. And most of the commercial day-old chicken starter crumbles have a coccidia stat. Now, that means it's got a product in there that helps their belly to not get sick with the um, coccidiosis uh, parasite. Yes. And it's important to keep them on that until they're about five to six weeks, maybe seven weeks of age. And then you can just go on to the commercial grower crumbles or the, the growing uh, pellets and then eventually go on to the laying pellets. I see. Well, thank you very much for all that information. Great to catch up with you, and we'll talk again uh, later on in the year. That's my pleasure. One final cockadoodle-doo for Dave. Keep going, <laughs> right. man. I'm worried about your cock. What's happening with your cock while they're off laying at the moment, Jim? Oh, they have a little rest as well, Dave. You what know, role does it play? They're not quite up to it. They sleep in in the morning. You know, the hens go, thank goodness I'll get him off my back for a while. You know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> and the chickens. Can we talk about the chickens, please? 
Uh, well, the chickens are hatching now from all the activity that happened in the summer, Dave. Oh, okay. You're always good to talk to there. Jim Delaney joining us. He's our chicken expert. 24 past 12. We're taking your calls if you want to give us a call. 49216216. It is Pet Chat right through to 1 o'clock. Now, we've got your phone calls on 49216216. We invite you to give us a call through. Waiting patiently for us at Rutherford. Hello, Yvonne. How are you? Hello, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Hi, Yvonne. David here. What can we do for you? I'd like to talk about budgerigars, if you don't mind. Why not? Um, I've got two little budgerigars. One's about four months old, but uh, she's not the problem. Right. Um, the second one is a little boy bird. He's only about a month old, or two months old, maybe, or approximately. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday I found uh, a little red thing, or tiny little thing, just like a you know, spot you would make with a pen, right. crawling in his, uh, in his head. My husband thinks it's um, uh, oh, bird lice, but I said maybe it's a red spider. I have no idea. But is there any, if it is the food li- uh, bird lice, is there something I can use? Um, it's yeah, more likely to be a lice, and I'm probably um, I don't have any specific names for you. So first of all, where did where did you get this little one from? A pet uh, shop a breeder or a breeder? Locally. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so. I'd be looking at, first of all, you've got to treat the birds. Now, in young, like any species, you do have to be careful about using insecticides mm-hmm. on younger birds. Um, mm-hmm. There are specific lice treatments, though, that can be used. They come as sprays. Um, in some cases, I've seen where you put it on a, like a, a cloth and you can't actually rub it on, but I don't think that'll actually do the trick. I think a spray is often a better way to go. Yeah. Um, any uh, treatment that you use, you just need to make sure that it's safe to use in that age group, okay? And just mm-hmm. make sure that you mix it up as per bottle directions. Um, there's a number of different brands around. Your best off is to talk to either a veteran, veterinary hospital that's got experience with birds or to a pet shop that has, again, experience with birds and seems to know a bit about, you know, this sort of age group because... The other thing to say also is you need to treat the environment and remove any uh, um, perches or areas where the bird might be resting um, so that the lice the life cycle of the lice is not being perpetuated after you stop the treatment. As we continue with Diane joining us from East Maitland, good afternoon. Hello, David. Hi, Diane. How are you? Um, my mother rang you once before. She has a little canary and he's um, been molting for eight weeks now. Um, can you tell me how long that normally lasts for? or is he? Because is we have had a canary before and it mm. never came out of the molt. It never sang after that. She's terrified this little bloke won't do, won't do the same. Yeah, very often they, um, we hear this a lot. It's not necessarily because of the molt uh, that they just stop. But certainly during that period, the thing about molting in canaries especially is that it's an energy-intense time and they uh, their body goes through a huge amount of stress, huge right. amount of stress. So in that time, we have to make sure that everything is optimum for them in terms of <clears throat> excuse me, environment and diet, uh, making right. sure they're getting enough energy. Now, just as an aside, a lot of people often start to th- uh, put some additives into their food to get different yep. colours and things like that. Right. Um, well, we put the, we've been giving him the crumbles, like yep. you asked, you told us to do the last time. Yep. He loves them, throws them all around the place and everything, and <laughs> eats them, thinks they're lovely. But we're just we're just wondering, um, 
yeah, if if there's any, if, with the weather and everything is, is at the moment, everything's kind of all higgledy-piggledy anyway. Would that have something to do with it being um, No, well, eight weeks is not unusual. Right. Though I have heard plenty of um, birds that are those molting species that will go on for that period of time. It really depends on, yeah, certainly the environment hasn't been what we normally expect, so there's probably a bit of upset there. Right. Change of light, um, you'd notice days are getting shorter yes. rather rapidly now. Yes. And that's another trigger. Um, but if you do, op- you know, make sure we've got plenty of uh, energy in the food and also a good uh, cage environment, low stress, they're the right. things that are getting back on track as fast okay. as possible. Uh, okay. Uh, we're going to be going away on holidays for a week. We were going to take him in the car with us up to, um, uh, you know, just into a unit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Would we be better off not doing that or would that be, you know, all has, right? Or... Has he done that before? Yeah, we took him um, We took him somewhere in January before he started yeah. this molt. But, yeah. um, and, you know, nothing seems to worry this little turd. He just, you know, you put your hand in a cage. He's not really worried. Mum's had canaries for a while and they sometimes they get a bit flighty and whatever when you start... Yeah, you know, nothing seems to distress him at all. Yeah, I think that uh, you've got a way up between changing his household environment mm. as a stressor versus changing the people around him. Mm. And uh, so, you know, would he be more distressed if you're not there compared yeah. to being with you but in a, maybe yeah. a different environment? If he's in his same cage then yeah, I think, yeah. and he's with you, that's probably going to be the yeah. best option. Now, he will be in the same cage. We'll just take the little cage with us. Yeah. And, and um, we'll be talking to him and whatever, so... Oh, of course, but and he's, that's, he's that's what he... He's chirping and that, but he's not... He's just not whistling at all, so... Well, while he's in the malt, he probably won't because it is a stressful time. Yes, we know that. It's just that we're terrified. We won't... Won't afterwards. We won't ever sing again, so... Fing- but, um, fingers... Yeah. No, that's, that's fine. All right, well, we'll, fingers just, crossed. we'll just persevere. We thought we'd ring again just to make sure because I've never known him to last this long. Oh, well, I'm sure he'll come through it pretty quickly and be chirping and singing away before you know it. Good luck with that, Diane. Our number is 49216216. If you'd like to call through and ask a question to our vet, uh, Dr. David Tabret, there's a free line waiting for you to come through on right now. 49216216. Your topic today is these poor little dogs with that cough. Now, uh, the last couple of visits I've been in, talking about coughing dogs, but I just wanted to finish off this series with a very particular problem that we have called uh, collapsing trachea. Now, uh, if you have a feel of your throat and you can feel that hard windpipe, it's actually, it feels like it's a circle, but it's actually a C-shape, okay? And so uh, there's a muscle on the other side against your spine and dogs and cats are the same some dogs have a thing where genetically they actually the cartilage doesn't form properly so instead of being a c it becomes almost flat or a flattened c and as they breathe in and out they just don't the muscle doesn't work and so uh, the suction effect pulls the muscle into the airway and this really causes a lot of problems now, if your pet is a, a small breed dog, primarily middle-aged to older, and the common breeds that we see it in are things like Pomeranians, Poodles, uh, the Toy Poodles, Yorkshire Terriers are the main ones. And uh, if they're a bit overweight, if they get a respiratory infection, uh, they're, they're the sort of conditions that we see that they're going to have problems. Now, sadly, um, being the type of condition it is, it often means we've got to manage it, but we can't cure it with medication But there is some hope for these dogs where we're seeing now stents placed into the airway in surgery and that holds the airway open and they're getting really good results, like 90 to 95% success. 
So if you've got a little dog with this really severe cough, it might be a tracheal collapse, and talk to your vet about possibility of uh, a special stent being placed. But it is a specialist procedure, and uh, the vet will be able to give you more information. Okay, good one there. Let's move on with calls. 49216216. Joining me right now from New Lambton is Amanda. Good afternoon. Hello, how are you going? Hi, Amanda. What can we do for you? Um, I've got a miniature schnauzer, and she's always licking her paws, the pads okay. of her feet. Yep. How old is she? Uh, she's two. Two-year-old. And has it just uh, started this problem, or is it...? No, it's probably been about six months. So from about September, October, that sort of period? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Now, go back 12 months before that. Did she do it last summer? Um, yeah, she's always a bit of a... Always irritating, always... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She's pretty much always done it. So a lot of the certain um, dogs will get a condition we call ATP, which is an inherited allergic disorder. But when we see it on their paws, it's usually a contact allergy. So there's something in the environment. They go outside, walking on grass, uh, and it, it might not be one thing. It might be everything. Um, and as they contact that area, then it becomes irritated and they get this allergic reaction. So they'll just constantly lick and chew. A lot of little dogs we see, particularly the white dogs, end up with um, discoloured fur from yeah, from the, yeah from the saliva constantly licking licking licking, and uh, that age group that's a classical sort of picture that we see. So you'd be thinking of say some summer grass that's growing because you get seed being produced in the grass. That's what causes the irritation. There are some treatments available in terms of um, antihistamines and cortisone therapy. Uh, you know, regular bathing all over, not just on the feet, but all over with an oatmeal blend shampoo. Yes. The other thing is when they go outside, bring them back in, then wipe the paws off with a damp cloth because if there's something on the skin that's contacting, that's what's right. causing the problem. So if you wipe it off, you're going to get better um, results quicker than just, say, giving her a bath or giving her an antihistamine as mm-hmm. as needed. Now, longer term, this could start to happen all year round and you might start to see problems inside the house as well and that's because the immune system is constantly being stimulated and uh, overreacting, which is basically the definition of an allergy, overreacting and so you start to react to everything. So it's important to get on top of it as much as possible now and there is also vaccines available for dogs with um, these allergic conditions but they're made up for each individual dog. So, okay. you, yeah, you have to find out, you know, you're allergic to, say, clover or kaikuyu or cooch, and then they'll get a special vaccine made up. And over a period of time, that will develop tolerance to those sort of grasses. Okay. okay. It, it, it's not habit, is it? Uh, some dogs will do it out of anxiety, but yeah. the, the seasonal aspect is probably the clue there. Yes. Because yeah. if it was an anxiety thing, you would expect it to persist all year round. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So wipe the feet off, um, regular bathing, see your vet about any histamine and so on, and ask the question about the allergy vaccines. Although I would say that we often don't do that till maybe three or four years in because uh, at age two their allergies are going to be different to what they are at age four. It's 19 to 1, Pet Chat 2 in your RFM, and joining us right now from Warners Bay, hello, Gary. Hello, how are you going? G'day, Gary, how are you going? Not too bad. Listen, I'll turn this wireless off. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> We don't want you listening to any other radio show but ours. No, it was yours. <laughs> it was what, yours. What can we do for you, Gary? Listen, mate, I, I, 
have just been given a peach face. Oh, yes. Beautiful, yeah. Well, she's not actually. She's horrible. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've got the oven on now. Jeez, it is lunchtime. <laughs> He's no, naughty, I'm isn't he? I'm wondering if they ever quieten down. <laughs> is she biting you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, and look, all the peach face breeders are going to ring in. <laughs> My experience is they do like to nip. Um, some of them are more aggressive than others, and I have seen plenty of peach faces that are quite friendly and uh, easily handled. It's like any, um, you know, birds are, let's face it, a, a wild species that's been somewhat tamed. We don't have we don't have domesticated birds except for chooks probably, but um, your peach face is, uh, you know, they use their beak. It's their way of communicating. It's their way of defending. Yeah, that's all they've got, I suppose. Yeah, and especially, you know, if they're, otherwise they fly away. That's their other defence. So if they're in a cage or in a small house, they might well, feel that. They the the people that had her before us, apparently they didn't like her, and um, she was outside, and they used to leave the cage open. Ooh. She'd fly out, and then she'd come back. She must have been waiting to come to you, Gary. Oh, God. You better turn that oven off now after that story. <laughs> You're her only hope. Yeah, will she ever quieten down? Uh, sometimes. Uh, it's a really individual thing, and I think if you persist and you've you're comfortable with her. One of the tricks I like to do for these guys is what you do is get, say, um, a favourite food, like a grape is often good, peel a grape, and uh, put it, if you make a, like a little fist and just leave the top of your, your fingers open, just sit the grape in there and then just show, oh, yeah. just show her that and she'll go to eat it and then you just roll it away gently, get it to stand on your hand and still eat the grape and that way she'll start to associate your hand as a friendly thing with food rather than thinking, I'm Yeah, well, I read on the internet they, they like fruit. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't find them on the Australian bird site because they don't come from Australia. No, no, they're not an Australian bird. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah but she if likes you... apple, but she won't eat orange. Well, you know not to feed them apple seeds? So... Oh, we don't go down that far. <clears> no, it? just the apple. But try grapes in your hand, and I think that by doing that, you just need to do it. It's like training a dog. You've got to spend, you know, 10 to 15 minutes twice a day doing this little bit of training, and over time she'll gradually start to get used to your hand and become more agreeable. But, uh, look, no promises. Don't ring me back if you get bitten anyway. Rightio, Gary, and don't put your head in the <laughs> oven either. Please don't be doing that now. It's 49216216 for Pet Chat today. Um, you don't need a licence for those birds? There's some birds you need a licence for, isn't there? Like a uh, some, of the, and... some of the Australian natives, yeah, Par yeah the yeah. larger larger. Parrots, yeah, yeah, but like your grasses major, like major Mitchell, uh, red-tailed black cockatoos. Black cockatoos. You'd need licenses for those, yeah, yeah exactly. Go. It's Pet Chat now, 10 to 1. Joining us, waiting patiently on the phone from Western, is Mel. Hello, Mel. Hi. Look, uh, I've just lost a bull mastiff to cancer, mm. and a friend of mine told me that by feeding the dogs this raw chicken, uh, the growth hormones in it actually contribute to cancer. Is there any truth to that? No. 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 Because there's no hormones in chicken? No, no, no. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, because... I mean, with, with whatever they, you know, I mean, they make the chickens grow quicker. Yeah. Uh, this guy's actually got cancer, and he told me that he was told uh, to not to eat it. So, you know, I don't know how true mm. that is, but well, the fact that it, he was told that, I believe that. But I yeah. just wonder if there's any truth. We used to feed this dog bulk chicken. I mean, he was uh, and raw, of course. 
there's there's a number of things concerned. Any any diet should be balanced. So um, when we look at balanced diet, what we're talking about is between protein, carbohydrate, fat, fiber, and minerals. Um, we also look at things like calcium, phosphorus balance. The, I guess just on this, uh, looking at, you know, should I feed, say, straight chicken and that's the sole diet, that's just protein. So there's no carbohydrate, no fiber. Uh, there might be some fiber in there as well, sinew and stuff like that. But what we try and do is look for a balanced diet, which is going to meet all of those needs. The thing about a high-protein diet, whether it's uh, beef or chicken or fish, is that it uh, requires the liver to actually break the protein down and ultimately the waste products are excreted through the kidneys, which is ammonia, and that puts a bit of strain on the kidneys. So long-term protein diets can be harmful, although cats actually cope a lot better because cats uh, will get by on, say, 70 or 80, 90% protein, whereas dogs, they're probably better off around about 30, 25 to 35%. Um, As far as the cancer link, I don't think there's been any proof made and I mean I'll check up for you but I have not heard one iota about that in dogs or people otherwise. Right here thanks for that Mel and David please say hello to Leanne now from West Walls End. Hello there how are you? Hi Leanne good thank you. Look I have a six month old border collie puppy. Yes. She's just been dissexed last week but that's really not the issue. Um, She seems to like to do her wee and other things under the dining room table on a vinyl floor. Oh dear. It's a very old house and it doesn't really matter, I suppose, initially. Yep. But it, she does it at night or when we're not here and she can't get out. Um, is there anything I can do to discourage her? Well, it always matters, even like you said, you know, initially because she's smaller and comes and it's into... it's an old house and it doesn't really matter, but yes. But what's yes. happening is that she's training or you've trained her by not bringing, bringing that behaviour under control, mm-hmm. that it's okay to urinate in that place or somewhere in the house mm-hmm. rather than outside. So what we need to do is to get her back on track um, to try and change that behaviour. Right. Now, the... It's really what we do with puppies, I think, is you go back to the basics, which is they go outside first thing in the morning, last thing at night, and after every meal. Plenty of opportunity to um, go to the toilet. If it's a period of time when you're not going to be home, look, there's going to be mistakes, we all know, but make sure you know they get to go outside, not as you're walking out the door and quickly you know rush out and hope that they're going to go. Give them a good 10 minutes or so outside and hopefully that'll encourage her um there are various uh, disinfectants or odor controls that sometimes would be useful and i think um danny you've probably had experience with those. yeah there is a product called uh urine off yep which kills the enzymes that are in urine if you use disinfectant or bleach it, it the, the dog can Makes still it smell it mm. the, yeah whereas this product actually kills off the smell and therefore the dog doesn't necessarily or reduces the chance of the dog going back and uh, defecating in the same spot that they've been yeah, doing it in. Because yeah. d- dogs, dogs like to be habitual, so they think if it's okay in that spot, they'll keep going back. So by using this product, I think you might be able to get it back under control. There is also another product that can be used that's uh, a repel-off and also scram, which is a spray you can use in areas where dogs are going to the toilet and they don't like the smell. It repels them from going there. So that would be worth a try in okay. that area as well. Yeah, she's only just started at the last 
couple of weeks. Yeah. And admittedly, it does happen, you know, often at night or something. And we've kept her inside by choice. Well, the um, other... Yes, yeah, so she's not doing it all the time. Yeah. And I don't want it to become a real habit. I want to nip it in the bud right now. So, And I do take her out at night before we go to bed. Very good. Very and sometimes good. I'll even get up during the night and take her out if I'm going to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... So, yeah, I just wondered if there was something. So I'll try some of those things. You can try those products. Another thing that that you could try is crates, crate training. So that she stays in that at that night. That she stays in night, uh, sleeps in the crate of a night time. So when you go to bed, you uh, put her in the crate, and when you wake up in the morning, you take her out of the crate. That definitely will stop it. Because it's a much smaller space, environment, they won't... she's not going to go to the toilet while she's in there. That's yep. right, yes. Alrighty, now, thank you so much for your call this afternoon, Leanne, there at West Falls End. Good luck with that. Now, you brought in a couple of products for us. What have I we got did. here today, Look, Jenny? we often get calls, and I get it all the time in the store, dogs that have got itchy skin. And it's to do with different allergies, as we've mm. discussed today. There's all sorts some of reasons why. Some have sensitive why. skin. Some yeah. have sensitive skin. Some have it because it's uh, f- the food they've been fed or could be the grass. But how can we make them comfortable while we're trying to figure out what the problem is to try and solve it? There's a new product on the market released by Paw. And Paw is actually a brand from Blackmores. We know Blackmores because they make human vitamins and minerals and tablets and that kind of stuff. And Paw has released a product called Nutriderm. It's a replenishing shampoo and a replenishing conditioner. The difference with this product to all the other oatmeal-based sensitive skin shampoos and conditioners that are out on the market is that this one has serosine, which consists of ceramides. Now, from what I know, the skin, the body produces ceramides to protect the skin from itchiness and allergies. And when there is a lower amount of ceramides, that's when these allergies, itchiness and skin problems come about to an extent. So by using this product, you're actually replenishing the ceramides in the skin and helping alleviate the problem. So it's worthwhile a trial. It's been developed by vets in consultation with animal dermatologists. So it is a very good product. I can recommend it, the two of those. That's an area I think we should explore a bit more, if we could get an animal dermatologist one week to talk to us, because there's a Mm. lot of people that listen have problems with the Mm. the skin on their their, their dogs (coughs) and their cats. That might be a a road we need to go down. Yep, there are specialists. um, So I'll make a few calls, see if we can talk to one of them. That'd be good. We'll look at Mm. that. So this product's out there at the moment. It is out there in the market. It's relatively new. It's called Nutri... Derm by Paw. There you P-A-W. go. Denny, any events happening in our area? La 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 la, yes. <laughs> don't sing. Please don't sing. <laughs> Where's my royalty for that? <laughs> you don't get any. It's la la la. <laughs> uh, look, pet events. Uh, there is the Hunter Animal Rescue Pets Picnic happening at Spears Point Park this Sunday from 10 till 3. So be there. That'll be great. Okay, mm. that's a good one. We've got the doggy day out. It's uh, off uh, next the week after too, so we'll that's talk right. about that next week. Thank you. Who's our guest vet next week? Thanks, Dave. Uh, Dr. Emily will be in, so talk about birds and fish and Very all those good. exotic furry things. And we'll, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks' furry. time. Yeah, I'll be back in two weeks. Dr. David Tabard, our vet, joining us. Denny Boz, thank you for your time you. today. We'll go to the latest in news. John Slaven has easy listening favourites for you right through until 4 o'clock this afternoon. We'll look forward to that here at 2 and URFM. That's our pet chat for another week. Don't forget you can listen to it online as a podcast if you missed it.